Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Now, on to the first review. Sharkies versus Manly. One of the most bizarre games you will watch all season. Sharks come out and absolutely pound Manly into the earth. Then it's like they came out in the second half and just said, ah, oh, fuck it, fuck it. And Manly come back and, yeah, surely not. Surely not what's happening here. Uh, but, look, although it was good to see Manly back, uh, Manly come back, Sharks just look so, so fucking good. And I think they're a premiership threat. I think I really think they're a premiership threat this year. I, I Look, it's, it's for me, the Sharks, as long as they say injury-free, it's a matter of do they have enough time to buy into the systems as much as they need to in, in this season? Because they've got a new coach, a bunch of new players. So those things take time. Those things take time. And that, so if they are to become a premiership threat it's like is a season long enough for them to finally go this is how we play as a team this is when the chips are down and we're fatigued we've got injuries we still know how to go to our systems so initially before the season started i thought they were about 12 to 16 months away from being a premiership threat but because they're going so good i'm going fuck maybe maybe what did you think about the sharkies in this game yeah i've never seen a team gel so quickly mm. i think it's so incredible and you said you know if they stay injury free even if they don't, the depth they've got, I think as long as Nico Hines is on the field, they can fill in every other spot in that team within their squads. Crazy so. how much like Hines is like literally the guy for them. If they lose Hines, when you, but you never would have thought that going there. Like, yes, he was a marquee signing, but no one thought that Hines was the guy. They thought he was the guy next to the guy. But it's crazy how good he's been. Yeah, I, I sort of thought at the start of the year that he'd be the icing on the cake. <laughs> He's the fucking cake. He is the cake, motherfucker. He's, <laughs> he's a cake with wet hair on it. Can we t-shirt that? Oh, fucking, yeah. I'd eat, I'd eat it even if, like, you know how you get food and it's like, oh, there's hair in it. I'd be like, oh, yum, there's fucking Nico Hines hair. <laughs> I thought, uh, you know, obviously Sivitalikai, he was unbelievable. I think that's possibly. I, I was talking to a random stats guy and he, he takes all the stats from the weekend. He puts it into his formula to get his team of the week. So the week before, Nathan Cleary, on his stat sheet, he scored 176 points by his formula. Mm. 
Siffel was on 171 at half time. Far out. That was the game that Cleary played against Brisbane where he set mm. up about five tries. Siffel in at half time was on 171. Unbelievable. Have we ever seen a centre do that? That first half? Like we've seen fullbacks, maybe halves, a centre be that destructive where you just go on. Every time he touches the ball, he's fucking it, It'll sound crazy, and I'm sure you, you would have seen the old tape of it too. There's an old tape of Mal Meninga mm. about 30 years ago playing the Roosters, and he scores five or six tries. It's the closest thing I've seen to it. Yeah, wow. He was just untouchable. And what's crazy is like, even though Mal Meninga's probably taller, they're same built-ish, you know, like they're quite similar-ish yep. players. What do you think about the Sharkies? Yeah, touching on a few things there. I was at a wedding on Thursday night, so getting the odd update from the game. I actually checked it at halftime mm. and saw Talakai with two tries and three assists. And I thought, either this is a glitch or like they're meant to be Nico Hines' stats or something. I've gone, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> um, mate, at the moment, well, what he's done the last few weeks, he's put in bloody Will Hopper. I did a shame with how soft his hands are. A couple mm. of those little tip-ons. They're unbelievable. Yeah. Like, we knew he could run over blokes and knock them on their asses and yep. whatnot, but how crafty and how skillful he is, he's been unbelievable. And yeah. Um, Guru touched on it with Nico Hines in the halves and it's one of my pet hates in rugby league is having two five eights in the halves we see it, we're seeing it as a few clubs at the moment that we'll get to later mm. I just don't think it works the Sharks are mm. you know proving that wrong at the moment or at least I thought they were Nico Hines is just a genuinely good organiser and he's playing the halfback role that they mm. needed so it's mm. like on paper at the start of the season, you know, 258 is not going to happen. But Nico, holy shit. Like, well, Guru thought the same thing at the start of the year. And yep. I, I was like, I think Nico can play seven. Like, I really do. Yeah. After watching the Indigenous game, I was like, he's actually like the perfect modern seven. But I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. I think we were both a bit hesitant. Like, before, the, before I saw Nico play in the halves, I was agreement. I was like, fuck, two sixes, not going to work. Like, if anything, you would have wished you had Townsend there, Townsend there with Hines. To run the show. Um, but, yeah, only, sorry, keep going. Yeah, well, I mean, the only way that I think you can, and it's digressing from the game a little bit, but get away with, I think, two sixes is if you have, like, a Cameron Smith's a bit of an exception to the rule, but a Cam Smith, a really good organising hooker, you know, maybe Josh Hodgson, who can just take the, the weight off, which Braley's an okay organiser, but, mm. you know, it's not his strength, I wouldn't say. So for them to be doing that, I think it's off the back of Nico. Uh, and Talakai, he's just... I've watched him pretty closely for a few years now because we've seen the potential in him. And other years, he's looked a, a little bit sluggish, some pretty ordinary defensive misses last year that you're just going, this bloke isn't first-grade quality. He just looks so fit this year, yeah, doesn't he? And yeah. quick. And I think that's the difference. You know, he's turning, circling the back, back line there. He's, he's getting to blokes easily. Um, he's exceptional, isn't he? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think we have to give Fitzgibbon massive raps. He's come in and made players that... Talakai at the start of this year to the general public like Guru had big raps on him I had big raps on him but I was just concerned about his consistency you know we saw one game great second game mm. not so great to me at the start of the year Talakai wouldn't have been lucky to be on the bench but his bench spot wouldn't have been cemented he is now the form outside back in the competition so massive congratulations to Talakai for, for having the the, I guess the humility sometimes when you when you're a guy like Talakai it's very easy to go I don't need to do all the hard yards because I'll just go on there next week and fucking bump six blokes and you've got to put me in the side but he's had the humility to take a step back and you can even see in the interviews where he says you know I used to think I was this that and the next thing now I realise like I haven't really done anything and, and mm. so massive raps to Talakai for maybe taking a step back this year and going how can I become a more fuller version of everything I could be. And you can absolutely see it on the field. He is 
incredible. Absolutely incredible. He has 35 tackle busts in the last four games, which is ridiculous. That's outrageous. That's nearly like, so 35, did you say? Yeah. That's nearly 10 a game. Like, (laughs) if you added, fuck it, that's what, eight a game. Yeah. I I remember at the start of the year when we were talking about him, and I I said to you, he should be a top 10 forward in rugby league with his ability. And, you know, I, I got a heap of pushback from it. And on the weekend, I, ha- I, I had a message from a guy that I read it and said, well, you were wrong. <laughs> and I looked up to the comment before that and he said, top 10 forward in rugby league, you're an idiot. He's not a first grader. He said, well, you're wrong. Turns out he's a top 10 centre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, he's fucking top fair three centre yeah. right now. <laughs> um, Matty, what did you think of the Sharkies? Uh, two things besides Talakai that I saw in this game. Um, well, actually, not what I saw. I saw Cooper Cronk talking about it and it made like... It made me watch uh, Hines and how, how no, Hines... No, take the raps, bro. Fuck, Cooper Cronk, he doesn't know nothing about footy. <laughs> All right, well, this is what I saw. Hines and Moylan, how they work together, how um, on some sides of the field, Hines will be first receiver, give ball to Moylan. On the other side, of the, some other sides of the field, Moylan will be first receiver, give it to Hines, and they both share the role and work in different roles. And it like, it just they just look like they're a team playing with complete freedom. Mm. And... The brand of footy that they play because of that off the back of Moylan and Hines, we can't understand how good Moylan's been this year as well, as you said before. Um, they're just playing with so much freedom and they're, they're a delight to watch. The other thing I saw in the game was, and I forgot this guy for Team of the Week, I genuinely think it's maybe a big call, but I thought Cameron McGuinness was their second best player mm. off the bench. Mm. He, just, he had two stints, he came on, he tackled his absolute dick off as he always does, but he mm. just, I don't know, just the um, intent that he plays with when he's running the ball and making tackles. He was, I thought he was absolutely incredible, especially yeah. his second stint. Oh, he brings energy. He brings yeah. energy, accountability. He's not a big body, but he's running hard. And so the forwards around him, you, there's no way any bloke worth your salt can watch a small forward ripping and tearing and you're going, okay, well, I need to rip here. What I will say is I thought Braden, uh, Braden uh, Ueli, Hamlin Ueli, Without them, I thought their go forward is fucked. Mm. Like, I thought, fuck me, he's been so, so good for them. But then, like, another bloke steps up, and that's just such an, an example of a great system where whoever's wearing the jersey, they may not be able to do it as well as Braden, but they do it at least to a satisfactory degree. I, I posted a thing about him last week, and he messaged me and said, oh, thanks, mate, but the next bloke will be just fine. Yeah. And I sort of went, oh, you're just being, being humble. humble he goes, yeah. nah, seriously, oh, the next person will be fine. Yeah, wow. And... Mate, we've been raving about him for a few weeks. Mm. The next guy was Was completely fine. fine. So just on um, Siffer before we move off him too, can you imagine when he gets Wade Graham back inside him? Yeah, fuck. You think he's getting put in good spots now until Wade returns? Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, Shout out to Matty Moylan too. Yep. How good has he been? Like getting through his work, silky as anything. Uh, You know what he reminds me a little bit of in the the terms of statistically? It's like Dylan Brown last year where – Statistically, you don't really see Moylan putting up three or four tri-assists, but he's always the guy before the pass the tri-assist. He's always the guy that is making the sacrifice of going into the line that creates the space further out. Similar to Adam Reynolds, like Reynolds didn't get a lot of, I mean, on the weekend he did because he needed to, but when he was at the Bunnies, it wasn't like Reynolds is a leading tri-assist, it was Cody Walker. And I think Matty Moylan is the reason why Nico, one of the reasons why Nico Hines has been so fucking good, it's Matty Moylan. It's Matty Moylan. He's playing selfless footy. Would you re-sign him? I would, yeah. yeah. Would you? Absolutely. I've always been a massive fan of Matty Moylan, and I think uh, the criticism of him over the years has been really unjust because 
I think a lot of that's been anger from fans directed at him missing games because of injury. It's like, well, he's not getting injured on purpose. It's, yeah. it's not due to lack of effort or anything. Yeah, it'd be frustrating if he's in your side, but when he's on the field, he's always been absolute class and nothing less. Yeah. The fact that he's now stringing some football together, we're starting to see it. The team's starting to get success off the back of it. His just ability to read a game, and you touched on it, you don't fullbacks these days are getting all the tries because they sweep out the back they throw the final pass but the blokes dig into the line the halves they're not getting the stat on the mm. sheet but they're I'd say they're every bit as important they're more important than the blokes sweeping and throwing the final pass mm. and, and Moylan is just that mm. absolutely um, what, what about you Matty on Matty Moylan I was just going to say not on Moylan but on uh, uh, certainly uh, absolutely no brain to re-sign him um, but I was talking to someone who works for Newtown Jets and apparently Lockie Miller has been absolutely killing it for for the Jets. He's what played fullback. He play? He's been playing he played first four games as fullback, yep. and the second two games as five eight. Um, apparently like he's just setting up tries, making tackle breaks. He's the one that's come from seven. Yeah, from Union. Yeah. 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 So um yeah, they got plenty of Tef, Granola. Yeah, gonna be interesting right. though, because like I just want to see him in first grade. Like you just you can't really get a like a guy like so like a guy that comes from Union, he's clearly athletic, he's clearly solid. Um, so he has all the little things that you would need in reserve grade to be really solid, but that just that little one percent step up. Sometimes I'm not saying it's going to be too much for him, but I just want to see him in first grade before mm. I make a judgment. But as you said, while like you can only judge of what you've got in front of you, and if he's killing in New South Wales Cup, that's a great sign because then they've got Kennedy, they've got depth for Kennedy, they've got depth in the halves if they need to. I mean, they've still got what Connor Tracy, Any Cavallo aren't in this team. Yeah. So yeah. How, how's the like? Talk about depth and how far that can take a club. We've seen it with Penrith and a few other clubs in recent years, Melbourne, um, due to the quality of the systems they've got. But so many of their key players are so versatile. You know, yeah. Moylan and, and uh, Nico can both shift into fullback if required. Mm. Um, actually, they've got Connor Tracy who can play one, he can play anywhere in the back line, basically. Yeah. Mm. Um, we've, we've talked about blokes coming through the grades. Yeah. You look at the forward pack and They've still got blokes out like, you know, your Wade Graves, your Jack Williams, shout out to the Kuma Stallions, is a, is a, I'll take any chance I can, don't worry. Um, Jackie Williams, who's to come back in there. Um, at the start of the year, Jack was almost a starting lock for them. Mm. Now it's like, well, the bench makeup they've got has been so good. Like, there's no room, mate. Like, yeah. they're just killing Crazy. it. Crazy. Yeah, the Sharkies. And, and look, we have to, I guess we've got to talk about the glass half, half full or half empty. Um, Thoughts about the second half? Is that a concern? Yeah, I mean, it's not not a concern, but you just see it quite often where teams just run a train in the first half and then uh, you could probably talk about it more more than I could, but I'm not – I look at this shark side and if it was – you know, if they'd been inconsistent all year and did this, I'd be a little bit more worried, but I I just think they just just dominated in the first half and then took the foot off the gas. Mm. It's not ideal, don't get me wrong, but I'm not concerned about it. What about you, mate, you reckon? Is it a concern or what? I don't think it's a concern. I think because it's round seven, and correct me if I'm wrong, I could be totally wrong here. Because it's round seven, it could be a reason for Fitzgibbon to go in a few weeks or even this week. Hey, you guys had a great first half, but there's still a lot of improvement. Mm. So, I don't know, maybe it, as you said about the Tigers bringing them down from the clouds last week. I know that was in jest. Yeah. But in all seriousness, this, that second half might bring them down from the clouds yeah. a little bit. What do you reckon? Uh, a bit with Matty. It's early days. Um, yeah. As I said, I... I'd, I watched the game and replay, but sort of skipped through it quite quickly. Was there not a pretty big tailwind, I think, in favour of all the points in that game? Going down, I might in the southern corner of the ground or something, <coughs> mm. where a lot of, I think, which is where all Talakai's tries and assists came from. So I'm sure that influenced the game a fair bit. Look, 
if it happens in consecutive weeks, you know, two, three, four weeks in a row, then you start going, all right, we've got an issue here that needs to be resolved. We've seen it at certain clubs. The Raiders come to mind over the years where it became a problem and, and it became a habit, these fade-outs. Um, but in terms of, of a one-week sort of thing in round seven of the NRL, mm. early days. I think as well you've got to remember, they are missing Wayne Graham and Dale Finucane as well mm. in this game. Yeah. So, I mean, Ken McInnes played 54 minutes, I think. Oh, I'm confident that doesn't happen if Dale's on the field. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Look, I don't think it's a concern, but I do believe to win a premiership, they have shown a tendency to fade out of about 20 minutes of a game. You look at the Storm game, um, you look at the Eels game where they just pipped them. Like they, so they, they really, which is crazy to think, they actually haven't put together 80 minutes yet, which is, which is understandable. New systems, new season. So it's, it's not a concern per se, but if they want to win a premiership, I think you go look at uh, the Sharkies' performance and then you go look at the Storm's performance and look at the Penrith's performance. Penrith and Storm, that was 80 minutes of fucking just full on to the torch. We are not going to let up. And so that's what I mean with that, that six to 12 months. Like, can they just tinker it and fix it enough to become a team that is like Panthers and Storm where it's like 80 minutes of... Like, the Storm, the game is in the bag. They're winning 40 to whatever... They go and put another 30 points on. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of organisation they are. Penrith Panthers, they were relentless. Like, mm. it, playing them as the Raiders must have been like, this is, we are, I feel suffocated. Um, and the Sharkies, you know, again, it would be, to expect them to be that level is outrageous and stupid. But that's the level they want to get to. So it's not a concern, but if there is one thing that they need to improve in their game, it's just to make sure that that doesn't happen again, you know, yeah. going 22 or whatever. You look no further than 2020, the pre- prelim final, grand final, Melbourne Storm, who we you know, like they're the... They're the, the hallmark example of playing 80 minutes of footy. Yep. They won a prelim and a grand final within the first 20 minutes of both of those games mm. just because they came out of the gate and went berserk. Yep. It was the Raiders and then Panthers, and they, they couldn't match them. They, they was too far to come back because of 20 minutes of footy. Mm. You have to play 80 minutes if you genuinely want to beat sort of Penrith and Melbourne come grand final time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's, uh, yeah, not a concern at all. But it's actually, I think... It's a good thing for Fitzgibbon because it gives him something to work with. Sometimes as a coach, you need, like, if they go out, like, for example, what does Bellamy say to the Storm? Not that he needs to, they're already on top. But as a team that's trying to progress to a premiership, you need some ammo to take in and be like, here's 20 minutes of you guys, or here's half a game of you guys playing like bustards. Then they go into Monday going, okay, they don't really feel that euphoric of like, far out, we were incredible. So, I think it's actually good for him. I honestly do. I think although you don't want that happening at the end of the year, it's good for him because it'll keep him really leveled. I've got an example. 2014 South, um, in the first week of finals, it was South versus Manly and it was a top four game and South were winning 40 nil. Um, and then in the 60 minute mark, they took the foot off the gas. They ended up winning 40 to 24. Mm. There's footage after the game, of South put 40 on him. There's footage after the game of Madge just absolutely laying into them. Mm. Absolutely laying into them. And they didn't put another foot wrong for that entire final series. Yeah, yeah. So it can be a good thing. And I think, I think the timing of it is a good thing. Like if they go out and put another fucking 20 on them, the Sharks, you know, they're at top of the world. They've got nothing to worry about. Mm. Um, so, look, Sharkies fans, fucking, I think it's time to get excited. Yeah. I think it's time to get motherfucking excited. <laughs> I think it's time to make some bad decisions, spend money you don't have, <laughs> buy premiership tickets. But I'm not fucking, I'm not, reco- like, I'm not recovering your losses. But if you want to have a bit of fun, make some bad decisions and go, fuck you, can't be at the end of the year, I didn't win a premiership. 
That's okay. That's okay. Uh, Sharkies are looking good. But what I like about the way they're looking good, it doesn't look like a flash in the pan. It looks like genuine systems in place that they're all <laughs> adhering to. Um, and what's crazy is that it's not like Fitzgibbon walked into a club with like the salary cap is all good. All the players are signed on the right amount of times. So, like he's walked into a club with Graham and the two highest paid players. One's not playing, and the other one is towards the end of his career. And actually, I actually really like. I really admire the way um, Fafita has played this year. Mm. I really admire again another guy. Humility. This is Andrew Fafita we're talking about. Where it's like in his prime is a generational forward. Like I think because of the injuries he's had towards the end of the year, I think people have forgotten this guy was the fucking guy. He was the guy. And he's been humil- um, he's had enough humility to go, you know what, I'm not that man anymore, but I still can contribute to the Sharkies. And I think, like, you know, as crazy as it sounds, I think you can see on social media and stuff the impact he's having. Mm. Like, he, you know, he's he's involved in everything they do. He's hanging out with guys that are, you know, 30, 32 like himself. And he's hanging out with the 18 and 19-year-olds yeah. at the same time. And I think he's playing you – know, they've obviously got leadership on field. is unbelievable. But I think just the way that he sort of brings this squad together, mm. I think is unreal what yeah. he's doing for Fafita. Man, when you hear Fafita's like upbringing and his story, the fact that he is where he is is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And I know, yeah, he's rough around the edges, but if you heard where he's from, that's he's like a diamond, like an absolute gem of a person. So, and again, I know he's done wrong things. Absolutely not denying that. Uh, but I think he's matured massively. And he's a good example of give a bloke a second chance, they'll come good. Like, let, let him learn his lesson, and, and I feel like he has come good. So, yeah, he's been fantastic for him. Uh, on to Manly. Thoughts? Yeah, disappointing. Uh, obviously scored some points in the second half, but, uh, yeah, I think they were down 32-0 at halftime in first grade. That's just not up to scratch. Um, have a look at their entire pack. Not a single forward ran for over 100 metres. So, in mm. the modern game, that's pretty alarming. Also, against a, a Sharks, like, Sharks weren't, Outrageous with their line speed. Like, I could understand a Raiders forward not running for 100 metres because that was honestly outrageous mm. by the Panthers. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, interesting. Timmy? I think a big thing that I shouldn't say, got, well, it did get exposed on Thursday night, but it's been coming for a long time is people looking there going, Morgan Harper's just been given an absolute bath by Taylor Kai. Mm. Look, he absolutely did. But one thing that I think people overlook a little bit. Uh, with Daly Cherry Evans is I think he can be a defensive liability. He, he not physically, he won't f- miss tackles and, and be found out that way where, you know, even the Nuffy rugby league fan sees it and goes, you know, horrible hurt start. doesn't happen. Mm. He really zeroes in on that lead runner, generally being the back rower every time and just shoots up and covers him and it just leaves Manly so mm. short outside him. Yeah. So if you, you're the centre, yeah, they'll, they'll play an up and in defence as often as they can, you're a centre and you see DC just shoot and then a ball's lofted over the top or out the back and you're going, shit, look, I've got a lot to deal with here. Mm. So, yes, Harper, you know, he missed tackles, but it was even a case of, like, you know, he'd make that first contact, get fended and go back from him. By then, if your first contact's sort of even okay, you might have your half coming across and chopping the legs, whatever it might be. He was just on his own, just waiting for Taylor to go, 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 go. Yeah. Um, and I think, honestly, that it's, it's something Manly need to work on because it's been like this for a number of years and, and I don't think DC can commit to that back rower like he does. He needs to do that. You know, most clubs do an up and out. Mm. Um, easier to do than an up and in. And look, it, it did work for them well enough last year, but I think it's a major area of concern. Yeah, I've actually been... I think I spoke, talk about this a yeah, lot. I, I think yeah. I spoke about this 
I think over a year ago. Yeah, and this Maybe is what we always say. This is why Ola Kawatu, his defense is so underrated. Yeah, because yep. he handles this oh. so well. Yeah, yep. so yeah, like I agree. Like DCE, he's actually, and I think I've said this on the podcast. He's a great tackler, like a great tackler. He will make his tackles. Matter of fact, he's one of the better seven tacklers in the yep. game. But he's in a tough position where I think he needs time to to build a relationship with his center. And at the moment, I know he's had a while with Harper, but because sometimes like DC will shoot out, like he'll shoot out, and then sometimes he'll slide, and you don't really know, I guess, where you're at. But in saying in saying all that, like although I agree, sometimes DC can be, you know, he can make decisions that are hard to bounce off. Some of the misses from Harper were really poor, like oh, yeah. like really really poor. And I think that people giving him bath online, it's like. Whatever, like you've never played in a row, you don't know how fucking hard it is. D- Harper, he's going through a tough time right now. Like he's going through a tough time. He'll find his confidence. It's going to happen. Um, but I, I do believe. Like I was actually saying a couple of weeks ago, I would have given Cooler the start anyway. Um, and I think this is, you know, I, I hope Harper comes back and becomes a player we all know he can. Because last year, for majority of the year, he was one of my favourite centers. Like he really, really was. And I say this every single week. So. I understand Manly's frustration uh, with with uh, Harper and the defensive decisions, all that kind of stuff. I think it's best for Harper at the moment to go back to New South Wales Cup to learn his gut, to just find that confidence again. Um, and my, I think Harper would be the first one to say that mm, too, realistically. Yeah, I mean, yeah. mate, uh, I, I think Siffel would have made a lot of good centres look. He absolutely gave gay guy a bath. Oh, think mate, about that. And when you take a guy, like you've got to remember with Harper, he's low on confidence. He's coming in against the most confident centre in rugby league right yeah. now. Uh, another another thing that people, you know, take it or leave it, whatever you want. But man, I remember when I had COVID, the week after, I was mm. rattled. Yeah. Absolutely rattled. For him to come out and be put in that spot to mark Sifatalakai at Shark Park. Yeah. It's a tough gig. Like, yeah. It's tough. It is what it is. It's first grade footy. you you got to deal with that shit. Kohler um, mm. will come in now. But... Um, yeah, I, I thought the caller was fantastic up. when he came in. He, he was good, and yeah. I know a lot of people say, oh, it was 34 nil, then it was 22 to 2 or whatever in the second half. It's because of Cole. It's like, as Timmy said, big win behind them. You have a look at the um, the possession for that game. It did even out a lot. Mm. Cole did, did, did a good job, but I think people saying that Cole was the complete and utter difference. Oh, no. It's a little bit. It's, it's, it's over the top. It's, it's not reality. Top. That's your own narrative yeah. you want to sell. I, look, I, as I said, I can understand. Manly fans' frustration with Harper. Yep. He had a poor performance. But I think this is a time, as a fan, where you can see the guy is going to be under the pump. Like, cause you know you know one of those performances where he's going to know it's poor, his coach is going to know it, but he, he doesn't need to say anything. So I would some, – some fans, just lay off him if you can. Like, it doesn't help anyone. He's going to be fucking devastated with the way mm. he played. Um, and it's not like he went out there to miss the, fuck, miss the tackles. Um, so, yeah, I'm torn between – I don't want to make excuses for him because it wasn't up to first grade standard. Um, but also, this is this is one of those times where it was such a poor game from him that no amount of fans going, bro, that was so shit, is going to change anything. He is going to be devastated. So I hope he does come back and play. Like, I, I think that time in New South Wales Cup, get confident. Um, just get to back get back to this love and footy again, and he'll be back in no time. What did you think, Matty? I was pretty surprised. Like, before the game, I... I know it's easy in hindsight to say, oh, yeah, Sharks smashed him. But I didn't know who to tip. I tipped the Sharks, but I, I thought it was going to be a lot closer. The Manly had won four in a row. Um, and honestly, halftime saved them. Like, if, if there was no halftime break, the Sharks, the Sharks wouldn't have stopped. Mm. 
Now, that's all momentum. And momentum, I think, is the theme for Manly. I think last year, they were a momentum team. They'd, they'd score a try and they'd make it two, they'd make it three. Mm. And you could argue that the six again rule helped that last year. Mm. Maybe Manly this year are a victim of the rule change. It, yeah, would, maybe. Could you make, could you make that argument? They've been good, though. They've been good, but they haven't been murdering teams like they did mm. last year. But they haven't had Tommy. That's a good point. You know? They, 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 they I, I actually Tommy. think Manly's been fucking great. I just think that the weekend, they were really, really, really poor. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting how they adjust because, like, Tommy hasn't been as good as he was last year. He's only played a few games. Mm. Um, that, yeah, that, that, that right edge for Manly has been a concern for a substantial amount of time. So it's going to be interesting to see what they what, do to fix it up. What did you make, before we move on from these boys, to bring out the real rugby league nerd in me, I love uh, bench dynamics, the bench makeups going into games and just seeing how different coaches think and, and the way they react and what sort of thing. Dylan Walker and Cooler on the bench, like two outside backs who often know like they can't really slot into the pack if need be, maybe Walker to stretch. Um, generally speaking, when, when that sort of thing happens, you might see a scoreblad and have a poor second half because they're short in the engine room. That mm. didn't happen this week, but I found that a really interesting bench makeup with them two on there, hey? Mate, it, I love Walker coming on through the middle. Mm. I know he's not a traditional yeah. forward, but the leg spread that, that he, he brings, I absolutely love him. But I agree. I mean, was having Cooler on the bench, was that a... Well, it was purely because of Harper's form. Yeah, that's... You know? yeah. Oh, and, and also, and also, we have to be fair, Harper is coming back from COVID. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I don't think that they should do that week in, week out for sure. Like, for sure. I think it was a mixture of two things. Harper's form and also he had COVID. Um, what's, yeah, what's weird though? It didn't really affect them. No, it didn't. Yeah, so that's actually, why I'm a bit yeah. confused. Yeah, but. I don't know what to do. Maybe it's a fucking masterstroke. Yeah. Maybe it's a masterstroke. But uh, you're right though. Like there, and not only... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Like, you would argue they're two smaller outside backs. They're not even big no. outside backs. They're actually... Like, Dylan Walker is, would be considered a smaller, even though he's rather big, outside back. Cooler, he's definitely a smaller. Like, he's nuggety-ish, but he's height and everything like that. So, yeah, really interesting. Um, I, I think... Sorry, just really interesting few weeks coming up for Manly. I mean, they won four games in a row. Canterbury, Raiders, Newcastle, Titans. Like, none of those four teams have won a game in the last... Three or four weeks, realistically. Mm. Um, you know, they now they, they went down to the Sharkies. Uh, they play the Bunnies next week. Then they've got the Tigers at the moment, who uh, we'll talk about the Tigers later, but yeah. they're looking like a pretty half decent side. Yeah. No, it's, um, look, the, the problem with the Manly is that the, the, the blueprint that has been used for them, especially in the prelim last year, is attack that right edge. Like, just run at DC mm. all day. Two, him and Harper seem to have not be gelling, but three, get him, get him through a bunch of work. And if DCE is tired, that team, the chances of them winning are quite small. Um, so, yeah, look, it's, it's interesting because they were so good the week before. Is this a blip on the radar, you think? I'm starting to get a little bit nervous about Manly, to be honest with you. Mm. But 
Turbo isn't there, as you said. So once he comes back, it is a different footy Turbo, side. Martin Tapao. Schuster. Schuster. Um, so, yeah, there's a heap of guys to come back into this side. Uh, Josh Alloy also didn't play. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a heap of guys to come back in. I, I, I wouldn't be concerned, Manly fans. I think they ran into a red-hot Sharky side. Uh, I think that when... Cooler came on. There seemed to be more connection between him, DCE, and himself. Because uh, Cooler came on, did miss a tackle. Did miss a tackle. So um, hopefully that solves the right edge issue. Uh, but if I'm Cooler, bro, get your shoulders ready. Because teams are coming down that edge and seeing if that was a Harper situation or if that was a right edge situation for um, for the store well, that's, that's, that's the interesting thing is like the issue last year it was Harper and DCE so maybe maybe Harper and DCE just don't seem to click but what's weird is throughout the whole year they were fantastic so yeah anyway uh, I wonder if last year it was covered up by because Manly was scoring the first 18 points and then realistically when you did yeah. that in games last year it was over mm. it was done there was just there was no way to turn yeah. momentum and get back into games so look it's a great opportunity for Cooler great yeah. opportunity you can cement that spot now um, he's, he's got a lot of X factor He can build a, a relationship with DCE uh, So Yeah, interesting times I, I don't, I, As Manly fans, I wouldn't be concerned at all yet They've, Before this week Without all those players Yes, they beat teams that were struggling But who have you got to beat to get in the eight Struggling teams And just on caller too, you know, big opportunity for him Comes up against the Bunnies left edge this week mm, Big opportunity Yeah, Big opportunity Yeah uh, Anyone else? Look, I um, Lawton ran for over 100 metres. Uh, DCE ran for over 100 metres. I thought Foran's second half was outstanding. I thought uh, when he jumped on the ball uh, out of pure desperation, I just thought that was like an testament to the kind of player he is and nearly turned it. Well, Ches and Foz combined, they ran for 260 metres. Yeah. The starting Manly pack Jeez. ran for under 400. So that's an indication of... Garrick, I thought, was good as well. Yeah. You know, Garrick's got 210 metres, a line break, a line break assist, a try assist. Garrick's been playing some good footy, like really good footy. Very good. I, like, I'd even argue he might be a better fullback than Winger um, because I thought he's been really good at the back. He's safe. He's strong in the ball carries. I think he's actually deceptively big, bigger than a lot of people give him credit yeah. for. Um, his goal kicking is outstanding. Yeah, so look, I think it's a blip on the radar. I thought the fact that they fought back in the second half shows at least, you know, their culture is okay. Like, they're not just going to roll over and get absolutely trounced. Um, And to see Foran and DCE essentially lift them back into contention, I think that's also good. And also to see that DCE and Cooler seem to understand each other a little bit better in that second half because it was nowhere near as damaging. Uh, But interesting times, interesting times. I think if you're missing four or five players... Maybe those these kind of games are going to happen when you're yep. missing four or five key players. Now I know the Sharkies are missing players too, but I would say right now Sharkies are probably in a better position than Manly as a team. Like oh, I think I think Sharkies are more, right now Sharkies are more likely to win a comp as in win the comp this year than Manly. Like I can see Manly threatening top four, top four, but at the moment until I see more of Tommy, I don't know. Like at the start of the year with Tommy in the side, I had Premiership threat. Now, without Tommy in the side, obviously not a premiership threat. I just need to see Tommy back in the side to get them back in the premiership threat kind of category. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, not, nothing to worry about, Manly fans. They will uh, will uh, watch them next week. Just around off, they're missing Olakawaita this week. He got a week. He got a oh, Confirmed. actually, yeah, we got to talk about that. What, what, I, won't, I won't muddy the waters. 
Timmy, what do you think? What What is your thoughts on the recent uh, head highs? Um, it's a hard one because I, I, as a footballer myself, I'm not a great footballer, don't get me wrong, a footballer, by, te- <laughs> te- by, te- <laughs> by <God>. definition, um, <laughs> I just... I'm all for the rough and tumble. I don't want to see those getting their heads taken off and whatnot. So I'm kind of like, everyone I see, I just go, oh, that's soft. Like, let him off. Like, blow the penalty, whatever, move on from there. Mm. Um, but again, it, you've got to, you're forced to sit back and look at the bigger picture. And I don't want to get into it, but we know why the head high crackdown has come into the game. And they're worried about getting kids into the game and the safety, the longevity and health of players. So I understand it in that sense. So I'm a little torn realistically for the future of the game they're probably making the best decision and, and it comes with things like an Olukuatu Simbin on the weekend so um, I think they're making the right decision whether or not I enjoy watching that not so much but yeah mm. What do you reckon Guru? Yeah I completely agree with everything Tim said it's I understand why they're doing it but it's the current game that's sort of paying for it mm. uh, which is it's yeah just, it, it makes it hard to enjoy sometimes but you can't I can't push back on why they're doing it but also, I think the execution's a bit off, but I also don't have an exact answer for how they can improve it, if you know what I mean. Well, the problem is, is like, once you stake out this position in the ground, it's like, where does this end? Because mm. the these head highs are purely accidental, and it's all a part of tackling technique of hitting that ball and, you know, going a little bit high. Like, for example, the Tolman one, it was because Tolman was falling that he got hit in the head. So the concern I have is like, where does this end? It ends with rugby union. You can only tackle around the nipple. That's yeah. where it ends. Yeah. And that's what I'm concerned that we're going to head towards is basically to avoid these head highs because they're not going to go away. Like that's the, the concern for me is it's like, if these were intentional, then these decisions would make the head highs go away because it's like, stop choosing to make that decision where these are intentional. They're not intentional. Yeah. So how are you going to make something they're already not trying to do go away by adding in this rule? The only way is go more extreme, more extreme to the point where the point of contact is so low, they don't have the margin of error. That is, because at the moment, the margin of error is a lot. Like my ball's there. I literally have like that. That's my margin of error. Whereas like the only way to fix that margin of error to make it big enough where it's not happening so much is to increase margin of error to like that. So that's what I'm really worried that will, um, and I don't want to be alarmist and reactionary and be like, oh, the game's dying. I don't believe that shit at all. Like people that are like, oh, the game's dying because there's no head highs anymore. It's like, no, like, fuck <laughs> I'm me not going to watch it anymore. Yeah, like give me a break. <laughs> You'll be back. But I just worry like, does it get worse and worse and worse before we're getting to the union point where it's literally, you cannot tackle above there. But the problem with that is if you can't, if you can't only tackle there, then the guy's just like- how, how do you wrap up the ball? How do you wrap yeah. the ball up? So- the game's in a really tough spot right now. I can understand where they're coming from. I can totally understand it. Like, save the game. We want kids playing it, all that kind of stuff. The argument against that would be is, like, MMA is one of the fastest-growing sports in the world, and that is literally blokes punching each other, blokes and shielders <laughs> punching each other in the head. So is it really a deterrent? Is there Have, they, have the NRL got statistics or information that we don't have that is showing the specific reason for the drop in signups is because of head highs because on one one time they like i think we spoke about this a few years ago oh no this is before this is before this all this just a few years ago so one year halfway through the year they released a report the nrl to say nrl is growing Sign-ups are up 300%, rah, rah. 
that's when they were like trying to say, look how great the rugby league is. But then when the head high stuff started coming in, they released a report saying sign-ups is down, right? So basically they're using whatever agenda they have, yeah. they're using. So I just want to know, like, if you could present to me, not that no one has to present anything to me, but if you could put in front of me, this is young kids are not signing up because their parents are concerned about concussion and here is the evidence for that. I would be like, you know what? It fucking sucks, but I would rather the game exist in the form of the way it's going than not exist. But at the moment, I don't know if there is any uh, research to say that that is the reason why signups are down. Because like sports signups, if I'm understanding correctly what I'm reading, are down across the entire board. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, I don't want to get too far into it, but that I'm just confused a bit because we see that on the weekend where Tolman is slipping. I thought it was just a penalty, but okay, you sent him off. And then we fast forward to the Roosters game and Daniel Tupu nearly kills a guy, <laughs> Tupou. And I love Tupou. Like, I love – he's such an incredible player. He wouldn't, he's the nicest guy in the world. He wouldn't have meant it. But how that isn't tending to be in, but the Olakawatu uh, one is, I'll never know. If you're not going for what Tupu did, what's the point? What, like, like I, I can't <laughs> – Tupou. Is it, it's Tupo, hey. Tupo. I keep saying poo, Tupu. I think it's Tupo. But Tupo. Tupo. I'll tell you what, Tupo. if we get to a point in the future, say 10 years down the track, which could happen where, you know, like rugby union, you can't tackle above nip height, we're going to have like a 52-year-old Faletti Mateo come back into the NRL oh, yeah. and he will walk in the Dalian medal because he's yeah. like about 37 offloads a game. Yeah. Oh, it would be interesting, wouldn't it? Just blokes free in the arm. I, I honestly, and this is going to sound, and this is coming from a bloke, I have suffered the negative effects of concussions. I came through an era where if you got knocked out, you got picked up by the back of your shirt and you said, fucking get out there and go again. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because we were eventually when we found out that this happens, we were all consenting adults. We knew what was going on. And, and if once we got the information, the NRL passes on, then it's, that's totally fine. But I honestly think that it'll get to the point where the NRL needs to probably make a decision of, you get that each year you go to a player Here's a consent form. Here is all the dangers in this document. It's there for you. You sign it, you consent to it, and that releases them of any uh, liability uh, lawyer-wise, like, and being sued-wise. Because I, I think that is a huge part of the reason why they are going so hard. It's yeah. a huge part, which is fair Definitely. enough. They're a business. They've got to protect themselves. That's absolutely fair enough. But I think the way to not get around it, but be like, here is all the information. So you can make a decision as a consenting adult as to whether you want to risk your physical and mental health by playing this game. If the player signs it, they are, they are signing and consenting knowing that damage is going to be done. I think 99% of players would sign it because 99% of players we know and knew that, yeah, I'm getting damaged, like, but I'm willing to pay that price for the privilege that I end up getting, which is to be able to play in a role. It's a privilege to play in a role. It's something that... I mean, would you would have if someone said you can play in a role tomorrow, but you'll have a few concussions? Would you say yes? Yeah, sweet. for sure. Would you yeah, do it? Of course, Maddie. Would you do it? I was watching the pennant this morning, and I saw Stephen Crichton score, and I literally thought, I wish I was him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 you you do it understanding there's going to be long term damage, some way worse than others. Um, so yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's I, I think. The one thing that everyone wants is just consistency. I think we could all live with whatever decision they do, just as long as it's consistent. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Manly, nothing to worry about. Olakawatu, one-week ban. I don't agree with it, but I totally understand where they're coming from. I totally understand where they're coming from.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.